Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. My name is Louis Mendes. I hope you guys are well on this week's show. We will, of course, be looking back at that agonising late home defeat against Bristol Rovers on uh, Tuesday evening and ahead to Saturday's home game with Paul Bay. Well, joining me to do that, first of all, the man we all blame for everything of making his first appearance uh, on Charlton Live this season, Lewis Cat. Hey, Dean Lou. Yeah, I'm good, mate. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, obviously bl- blaming you a little bit for the defeat on, on Tuesday night. Um, Fair enough. But yeah, good to see you for the first time this campaign. And also, as people in the chat are pointing out, wearing the same shirt uh, as Lewis, uh, the blue fur kit from last season. It's Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, sorry about that. But uh, I wasn't going to change. So, yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah, Dan's asking if I didn't get the memo about the blue third kit. I don't own the blue third kit. My wife does. And when I saw these two were wearing it, I did think, would it be funny to try and squeeze into that? But I mean, that would have been quite embarrassing for me, really, because uh, there's no chance it would have fitted into that. So uh, good evening to everyone in the live chat as well, joining us uh, on YouTube. Steve May's in there, Shiny Fields in there, Paul Glover's in there. And of course, Jonathan West from Charlton Upbeats uh, is in there as well. Good to see you uh, joining us. Have your say on uh, this evening's show. Let us know what you made of Tuesday's game. Um, where it went wrong, why it didn't quite go right, because we were close to getting something from that. It was one of the most frustrating defeats we've had in a while. Um, let us know what changes you want to see uh, for Port Vale on, on Saturday. Um, yeah, plenty to talk about. We're going to hear the goals in a few seconds' time. We're also, uh, hopefully later on in the show, we're going to hear from a Port Vale fan. We, of course, have got loads of Dean Holden reaction to the game uh, on Tuesday and a look ahead to Port Vale uh, as well. I mean, just, just before we hear the goals very quickly, Lewis, I don't know how you sum that one up. I mean, we were we were an inch away from going into the lead in the 90th minute when Alfie may hit the post. Uh, we concede a, a sloppy goal, certainly one that the goalkeeper would want to look at once more because he didn't cover himself with glory in that one. Um, and defensively, we, we had similar issues to what we've had all season. But there were elements, again, of the performance. We were like, uh, bits of it were okay. So it's, it's quite a tough one to sum up. Yeah, I think the best thing would be, you know, Deja vu from Saturday. We, the performance was was probably just about there. You know, there were some frustrations. Um, you got to remember, it's only three league games in. We're probably still learning um, our best systems, our best passages of play. Um, but I think the the biggest disappointment will be that it, it is self inflicted again. The, the defensive um, sort of errors and mishaps that we've made now um, at Peterborough and today, you know, have cost us have cost us two uh, five points over those two games. So. Look, you know, is is it a new a new system that's going to take time to adjust? Maybe, but I think the big frustration will be that it's the basics of defending. You know, the two the two goals we conceded on 
um, on Tuesday night were were pretty appalling. Um, and it just hurts that that bit more when it's so late on as well, especially, as you say, when we went so close ourselves to Alfie May, who I do not know what that boy needs to do to score. He's, he's getting in all the right places, doing all the right things. It's just not hitting for him. But I'm hoping it does soon because, you know, he's putting the effort in and stuff. But yeah, look, tough one to take. It's any any last minute um goal like that is is a real a real kick in the in the nuts so look we've got to dust ourselves down pretty quick and, and we go again Saturday mm, right let's have a quick listen back to the goals from Charlton TV the commentators as always were Terry Smith and Greg Stubbley for Dobson I reckon one of these is going to walk away here we'll wait and see and it's Thomas who actually walks away and it's Evans with the strike and Maynard Brewer with the save Collins with the rebound and it's tapped home by Sinclair Chum didn't react a brilliant free kick from Evans. Maynard Brewer saved, but there was Collins who ran from away from the wall, unmarked and back across to find Sinclair. And it's the visitors who take the lead. Yeah, it was a good save initially from Maynard Brewer. Can you be critical and say he should have turned it around the post for the corner rather than saving it back in? Maybe a little harsh because he gets there, saves it well, and then nobody else reacts in the box to Sinclair, and more importantly to Collins, who got there first. taken by Eden, into the feet of Dobson. Not sure that did us any favours, but it might run through to May. Little touch into Anderson. Anderson trying to send Connor in his way. Connor with a shot! Oh, the equaliser's there! Daniel Connor pouncing in the penalty area after great work from Anderson and Kamara. Charlton are back in it. What a finish this is from a talented striker. We've seen it in the academy. And now he's delivering in the first team. It's a wonderful finish. Ball forward, finding Daniel Carnu. Anderson with the ball. Carnu has to get the right connection on that. It's low, near the goalkeeper, but it's awkward for Cox to get his feet in the right position to save it. And what a moment that is for Daniel Carnu and for Charlton. Or chips the ball into the box. It's a dangerous one here, and Rovers have scored. McCormick, who come on as sub, has just pounced in the box, unmarked, and struck his shot past Maynard Brewer for what must be the victory. I can't quite believe it, Till, and in honest truth, I didn't see it coming. Charlton have been. Certainly since getting the equaliser, the better team. And it's just a lofted ball. And China got a lot of players back, but this from Ward is, is clever. Finds McCormick, he's allowed to control. Chomp don't get tight enough and the volley's low. Awkward for Maynard Brewer, couldn't keep it out. There we go. What a painful end uh, to that game it was. Um, great comment from Stuart Court. Um, and I was about to say, oh, facts and stats did a good tweet about it before realising that's the same person on here. Um, clean sheets are where you get your points from. All successful teams are good at the back. And, and to further that point, he put on his Twitter account earlier on today, uh, if we get 20 clean sheets in a league season and assume that three of them are nil-nil draws, then that means the other the other 17 aren't, then that's 54 point. Like if you, if you can base your season on clean sheets, then the fact that we're not quite finding that cutting edge in front of goal just yet. And that's with Alfie not to score yet. He will score goals. Don't worry about that. 
then we will be more than halfway to where we need to be, Tom. Why aren't we any good defensively? What a question. Um, There's probably 30-plus reasons. I mean, and it changes with every goal. There are... There's the ones that perhaps you'll give them a, a bit of slack for, like adjusting to a new formation, some youngsters in there, um, some new players in there. But they're not they're, they're kind of reasons. They're still obviously negatives, but you kind of understand them. But then there are basic errors. There are lapses in concentration. There are silly mistakes. There's lack of focus. There's not following up a free kick. I think it was Joe, possibly, or, or one of us, after the Orient game, I think it was, was talking about how quick we were to close down after a free kick when uh, Ashley made a good save. So we've proven we can do it already this season. And yet we give away a stupid free kick, first of all, which is entirely on Jack Payne. And then this time there's about eight uh, Rovers players waiting for the ball and, and no Charlton player in sight. And set pieces... You know, lack of organisation at set pieces is another one you could chuck in and that kind of fits with that bit as well. There is just a litany of of reasons why this is happening. What's more concerning is that that's happening or has happened for three, four seasons in a row now that I can remember where we've conceded. I mean, teams concede sloppy goals all the time, but more than you would expect for the last few years, we are conceding not week in, week out, but not far off. And that's with changes in personnel, with changes in management, with changes in shape. And uh, the the comment's spot on. If we're not going to sort that out, then we're going to have to score at least two goals a game. And you look at the way our, our inability to come back, you look at our lack of goals so far, um, and that's obviously going to be a problem. So I think we've all kind of said, you know, you start from your back and, and you get a solid base and you work up. And, and at the moment, that just isn't really showing. We're we're too fragile. We're costing ourselves with silly goals. And um, look, I'm still largely positive about where this season might go. But Tuesday night in particular was very concerning because both of those goals were avoidable. And ultimately, if we look at the other end of the pitch as well, we should have won that game. And we and we haven't. And if we do want to go up this year, that needs to change. Hmm. It was uh, when when I sort of got home and, and thought about it in the cold light of day the next morning I thought it was a really entertaining game which probably the the frustration of what happened at the very end took away from that Lewis um I, I was thinking about how there's sort of it's it's tight margins in games like that and and that reminded me of something that Nigel Atkins said a couple of years ago away at Lincoln where we got absolutely battered and lost in the last minute and that's when we knew we were on to a really bad season like we were lucky to lose in the last minute we got away with it for like 89 minutes and then lost right at the end when we should have been three or four behind. That wasn't the case on Tuesday. Could have easily gone the other way. Don't forget, Bristol Rovers had a lot of chances there and we've talked about the defence as well. I, I'm still I, I'm still not quite in, in the situation where I'm panicking too much at the moment because I, I still think the performances suggest there's a bit more from us to come once we start putting the ball in the back of the net. And like I say, you know, we no, no one's... Well, I've seen a few people starting to panic because it's three games, no goals for Alfie May. I, I really don't think it's time to start doing that yet. I said the same Tuesday. He was an inch away on uh, on Tuesday. On Tuesday, I, I don't think we need to be concerned about that yet. But, you know, t- take the fact that obviously we're, we're getting close. That, that's what I'm sort of clinging on to. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's fine margins in the game, but also for, for Alfie as well. I'm not panicking there, I think. 
you know, as you say, he's, he's getting closer and closer as the games go by. And of course, you know, the ideal scenario is that he comes in and he, he hits the ground and starts scoring straight away. But it doesn't always fall that way. Um, you know, there there is a lot of expectation on Alfie's shoulders as well, coming in with the reputation he has at this level after doing so well at Cheltenham. Um, and obviously with the added pressure of, of Miles Lieburn being out um, and our only backup being Daniel Carnu, who's who's just coming through himself. You know, there's there's a lot of pressure on on Alfie's shoulders, and he's a new player. He you know he joined the club this summer. He's got a bed in as much as the others do. It's just that establishment at this level that maybe piles that extra pressure on him. But I'm not panicking because, as you say, he he will score goals. He's doing everything right at the moment, apart from those fine margins again in the back of the net. But it it was a tight game Tuesday. I thought I thought it was it was fairly close. But as Tom said, it's that it's those clinical final moments that, that let us down that the defending if you don't defend properly you're going to concede goals it's pretty obvious and we're not in a position at the moment where we're going to outscore opposition if we fall asleep at the back which we're doing far too frequently so you know it's something that needs to be addressed it's, it's a difficult one to look at because the personnel there you know back across the back four that we played you've got a sim he's playing his first professional season it's his third game effectively he may have played last season i can't remember Lloyd Jones has come in, isn't really fully fit at the moment. We've seen him come in and be taken off in every game. Ness had a long, in, a, a big injury last season, has come in and maybe looks a little bit out of sorts at times, just getting back up that sharpness. And then we've got Tyo Eden, who again has only just sort of embedded himself into the side. So you've got a back four there of, of it's a fresh back four that's going to take time to gel. There are going to be issues and teething problems, but you can understand them when they're not as basic as they are. I mean, the, the goal on the first goal Tuesday night was was totally unforgivable, in my opinion. When you see four Bristol Rovers players ahead of our last defender as Ash makes that save and nobody reacts, that that's not good enough. You have to be switched on. You know, it's a fantastic save and we all love watching it, but the players can't watch it. They've got to be alert and clearing the ball. Um, mm. And that that was, you know, that's an Achilles heel. You, you concede the mistake. You can see the goal and then it's an uphill battle straight away. So it's something we need to address pretty quickly. Otherwise, it's going to start becoming a pattern and that's not what we want. Yeah, I, I feel like a bit of a hypocrite um, slagging off the defending for the first goal because when Nash made that save, I genuinely thought the ball had gone out of play from my angle. It looked like it was going out. So I looked away to tie up. Oh, Ashley's just made a great save. And then I hear the ball in, in the back of the net and the Rovers fans cheering. And I was really confused by that. But I've watched it back a couple of times now. I've got a different angle from behind... So north uh, northwest corner, and you can see like all of our players are slow to react, and the ones that do. So I think Jones and Asimway do get back, but they were half a second behind the Rovers players who were queuing up by the time by the time actually put in. I think May and I think it was Payne were on the edge of the box as well, and they sort of strikers defending as you'd expect. They didn't react at all, and it just left them with such a massive overload in there. And yeah, that was disappointing. As was the fact that Luke McCormick runs through into our box in the last minute, and again you'll see Hector. Um, and I think it was Ness alongside him, if I remember rightly. I might, I might have misremembered that. But the, Hector, with one other defender, uh, the ball was chipped in. But the, McCormick made a really good run sort of off Hector. And instead of the whole defence shuffling over one, so they each had one, there was all of a sudden two and then a midfielder left one as well. A third player in our area, not marked. So you, you can't be making mistakes like that at this at this at any time of the game. I mean, Jacob, Tom, is saying that uh, defensively it's just not good enough. We were unlucky going forward. But we... we 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 need to sort that that issue out before we worry too much about the other end. Yeah, ex exactly what we said. You you have to build from the back, and 
I think you look at all of those players individually, and I'm I'm seeing the comments come in about the likes of uh, Thomas and, and Ness and whether they're good enough for a back three. And obviously, it looked like a change of shape on on Tuesday night anyway. But individually, though, you know those players aren't world beaters by any stretch, but they're, they're pretty good players. I thought uh, Eden. I know maybe not fit yet, but I thought he looked excellent the other night. I think given his age, a sim way has looked very good. Um, Terrell Thomas earned himself this contract off the back of performances last year. Lucas Ness is somebody that we're all talking about as somebody who could improve and, and be a very good player, although, again, I know he's young. So individually, they're all right. But it, it's just as a collective, as a unit, something is is not going right there. And uh, and we're just shipping goals that, that we absolutely shouldn't be. And even if you're, even if you're a mid-table side in this division, you, you know, you look at the goal that we created, for example, that had to be a moment of quality. That had to be a decent pass, a decent timed run in order for us to score. And we're playing a team that, you know, without trying to offend them, we should be beating if we want to go up. And even then in the last minute when we get through, you know, the the move, or not the last minute, but when May hit the post, you know, it's another, you know, well worked to, to try and get forward. We don't make it difficult for teams. I guess that's the point I'm getting to. And yet, if we didn't have someone like George Dobson, we'd probably be shipping even more goals because he seems to put in three or four tackles that prevent attacks every game as well. So it is a big concern. It is a big concern. I think there is a chance when Lee Burns back and when May starts scoring that when you've got two up front, we might be the sort of team that can win games 2-1 or 3-2. But at the moment, we're not. At the moment, we've got one striker trying to play on his own in a new system and it's not quite working. And so until we get those other players back, we have to protect the back four or five and start from there. And and at the moment, that's not enough. And whether that's partly the midfield as well, not giving enough support, whether it is just individual mistakes, all those reasons I gave previously, it, it needs to be sorted out. Because ultimately, as you said a bit earlier, if you uh, if you don't concede, you can't lose. And, and that's where we need to start from. Mm, yeah, um, Connor is saying uh, Tuesday night was frustrating. Uh, but we have to remember it's only three games in. There is still uh, a long way to go. Um, Shiny Fields saying, uh, drop pain and start Carnu up front with me. I think the goals will flow. We have to be more alert uh, in defence. So, yeah, until, and it was a cameo from Dan. That's the thing we got to remember. But I think on Tuesday when he came on, Alfie looked more lively. We as a, an attacking threat looked more lively. Um, we, we, we can't base assumptions on players off 20-minute cameos, but he did play well as he has he as he staked a claim to start up top alongside alongside May. Obviously, we tried the four three three Tuesday with uh, with Payne out on the wing and Blackett Taylor out on the other one. But are, are we better with two up front? And if so, is Carnu ready to start week in week out until Lee Burns back or until we get a, a more senior striker signed? It's difficult, isn't it? Because we put ourselves in this position with a lot of other younger players that have come through with a great reputation from from you know, solid performances in the 21s and the 18s. But there's there's such a, a big gulf between those levels. And Lacanu is is obviously a very talented footballer and his goal record at those levels is is outstanding. But it, it goes back to my point where you're putting a lot of pressure on the kid to come in and, and be that that gap. And we're already doing it really with Miles. You know, Miles obviously had a very good season last year, but he's still young himself. He could come back after this injury and take time to get up to speed. So it's difficult to put that pressure on young players. Um, I thought his cameo was great on on Saturday, uh, Tuesday. Um, I thought he, he played well. I thought he took his goal well and it was a fantastic finish. But I've also seen Carnu come on in league games where he's looked like, like a little bit like it. There is a clear difference between the level he'd been playing and the 
and League One with with the adults. You know, you can see sometimes he looks a little bit sort of out of place, maybe a, a little bit weaker. Um, I think he's worked on that in the summer. I'd say he looks like he's bogged out a bit and, and stuff, which is obviously good. And, and doing what he did on Tuesday is going to do him no harm in in putting his name into into Dino's head about starting. But I think we just need to be wary that he is still, you know, very young and still developing as a player. And I think it'd be interesting to see when Miles does come back and if we end up signing another striker, if if we give give Dan a loan or not, I don't know. Um, I, I personally would rather he stayed around the place, but it would be interesting to see if we have more resources in that area, whether he would benefit from from going and playing a full season at, you know, at a club in League Two or something like that. Mm, yeah, all hell let loose, says with our defensive midfielder playing his socks off. Why are we still shipping uh, silly goals? Uh, Shiny Phil says, I think Alfie May will start scoring soon. It will be much easier for him when he has another striker alongside him. Uh, we have to support him with another striker before... Uh, his confidence goes. Uh, I thought Payne was anonymous after a decent performance against Peterborough. I'd start Carney on Saturday just because we look so much more threatening. Uh, when he came on, Dan's saying that it would be helpful if we could get a stable back four uh, rather than chopping and changing. And obviously, as we said, we've been between three and four over, uh, over the last couple of games as well. It should be interesting to see which one uh, Dean feels like he prefers because... I don't know. I've always felt that three at the back isn't the most popular with our um, with, with our supporters. But at the same time, you know, we, we've I mean, we used to play under, under Bo a couple of times in the championship and it, and it works really well for us. But it, again, have, have we found the right uh, balance this time? Danny says at least the crossbar challenge attempt was good, I guess. I can't remember this this uh, Tuesday's one. I didn't hit it, so it wasn't good in my book. But um, I, I've got extremely high standards uh, when it comes to the, the crossbar challenge. Now, I mean, this is the point. Um, that, that, that we need to think about. And it does come up sort of every year. Um, someone in the chat was talking about us starting the, the season sort of half-baked again. Uh, James says it here. Amazing how we always seem to be half-baked at the start of a season, signing players with injuries, chucking youngsters in too quickly, etc. Why do we never learn? So I mentioned about the, the, the close, tight margins, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, uh, earlier on in the show. So I, I, was doing, I was doing the stats for my... Um, my, my paper report they'll be in tomorrow's SLP after Tuesday's game and I've, again because I was thinking about that it came back to that Nigel Adkins comment because like I say last on Tuesday I was thinking oh tight margins that could have gone either way um, and it reminded me of Nigel but I, I, I thought to myself well this is something we have been saying for a long time so I looked up the stats so statistically last season of the however many games didn't end in a draw well over half were only won by one goal Tom so, statistically, all pretty much all the games are tight margins because three quarters of them are either a draw or a win by one goal. So, how do you turn those those tight margins in your favour? And when you think about the fact that August has got five games in it, where there might be tight margins, um, tight margins, <laughs> there might be tight margins at play. How do you turn those in your favour? Well, you do it by not doing what we've done. And, and as James has mentioned, they're starting half baked. You do it by, if you have a strike partner that's ready to start alongside Alfie May, then maybe we do go on to win that game with a tight margin because we make the better of our play and, and our chances. That, that That's what does frustrate you because we know the transfer window's going on until the end of the month. And because of where we are, that'll sort of be when we judge what this new owner's sort of ambition really looks like. But we have cost, we have potentially cost ourselves three or four points due to tight margins because we weren't ready again. Yeah, and and there's only so much you can do pre-season or you know when the window opens and more and more teams are doing their business late uh, and 
it seems to be the way the market's going and all of this kind of stuff. And I, I kind of empathise with that to a certain degree. I think probably the problem is that because we've been exactly as that comment says, half-baked for a while, we need one summer to do very early business and bring a big number in to then have a core that from then on every season you can kind of go with the market again and just bring in your three or four. And if you do leave a couple late, it's not the end of the world. The problem we have is at the end of every year, any of our good players leave or have already left or go back from loan. Uh, there's usually a couple of injuries that are worse than you'd expect. And so as a result, bringing two or three in isn't enough. Because if we look at the business we have done, I think we're all relatively encouraged by most of the players that have come in, but it's not enough. Uh, that's that's the problem. And then, you know, no one could have predicted Miles's injury at the start. No one could have predicted Scott Fraser having to go off at the in the first game. You know, those are players that were big players for us last year and are now up for a significant period of time. But as I say, if if we'd even two years ago had a, a squad that actually had some depth to it, then probably there'd be enough of that depth still around that we'd be able to cope with that. So for me, it's it's partly a hangover of the the Sangard, maybe even going back to the Roland days, but probably the Sangard days more. Um, and, and partly the, this new this new bunch maybe not bringing in enough. Um, and I think they can obviously rectify that bit now. So I know we can't get those points back that we've already lost, but they could bring players in to make the squad a bit bigger. But again, unless they bring another eight in, maybe, which definitely isn't going to happen, then next summer, again, we're going to have this problem because we're still going to be relatively short. So it is really difficult. I love the fact that people like Asimway and Karoy and, and Tyrese until he got injured and players like that are getting their opportunities, but they shouldn't now be being forced to play their fourth, fifth game of the season already when the season's only two or three weeks old because we've got nobody else. Um, but having lost the last two games, we've become more and more desperate to get a win suddenly. And so you want to play the best team you've got available. So it becomes a, a horrible sort of circle, a vicious cycle. Um, so, yeah, there are there are factors all across the club that go into that. These owners probably came in too late. Is that their fault? Is that Sangard's fault? Whatever, for not getting the deal done until low, too late. That hasn't helped. I know we did get players in in that time, but could we have got more? Cutting the budget, all these factors come into it. Um, and ultimately, as you say, that puts us where we are and... I think Tuesday night is a game we would have expected to win. That's the, that's the only one really where I think that that was an issue. You know, Peterborough. I think we could have got something, but ultimately going away to Peterborough is not an easy game. But Tuesday night we we should have gone into it expecting a win, and ultimately had chances to win, and we haven't. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's frustrating. Um, the games come thick and fast, so we're going to have a chance to put it right on Saturday. But again, who's going to play? Who's fit? Who who needs a rest? All those questions when you've got such a, a threadbare squad at the moment. Mm, excellent stuff. Right, Robert tweeted, I think we're in danger of overthinking it at the moment. Just have to be patient. The club are looking to strengthen, uh, but not just anybody. We need quality uh, saying that. Carney will have a point to prove. And if we've got a second on Tuesday, it could well have been a three or four. I had a couple of emails as well. Reg uh, describing it like Groundhog Day. Uh, the Addicts fans repeatedly watching exciting build-up play and scoring opportunities not converted whilst at the other end of the pitch. A random defensive lapses give the opposition goals snatching defeat from the jaws of victory uh, whilst Chooks and EK watch on uh, from the stand. And Paul said uh, he uh, attended the game on Tuesday. I thought the team put a good shift in. The stoppage time curse strikes again, though. How many points have we dropped to last-minute goals since the uh, playoff final in 2019? Says uh, his concern is, despite the amount of effort we put in, Rovers 
who we expect to be uh, mid-table, were more of a ma- more than a match for us and actually looked much more efficient in both defence and attack. I put some of that down to the management team as our fitness, shape and positional sense, particularly at set pieces, uh, clearly needs work. But the main issue for me uh, is that our squad is not good enough uh, at the moment. Still loads to talk about, loads of stuff in the chat as well. Um, we will come to that after we've heard, uh, I think, from the Addicts boss, uh, Dean Holden. I spoke to him uh, after the defeat uh, against uh, Bristol Rovers, and this is what he had to say. Sucker punch right at the end there. What did you make of tonight's game? Uh, I thought it was only team one team that, that were trying to win the game of football. I think they've, they've come for a point. They've ended up getting a smash and grab, and, and fair play to them, I think. We've conceded, a, again, we're conceding poor goals at the moment. You know, we need to be more clinical in both boxes, and that's that's the only thing that's letting us down at the moment. We're, you know, Ash has made a really good save from the free kick, and nobody's reacted. And there's three or four that are there for the tapping. That's not good enough, and we've got to see them moments off. It's a concentration thing, a little bit of naivety as well, I think. And the second one at the end there, we've 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 got a free kick on the near enough around the halfway line. We should be putting it in their box every minute to go, and we've gone short and, and ended up losing it down our right hand side. And they boot it up the pitch and set piece or two later they're in. And again, we don't react well enough and don't mark well enough in the box. And you're right, it's a bit of a sucker punch. I think. I thought we shown a good, really good reaction to get back into the game. Of really good goals, we're having to score really good goals at the moment through through Daniel Carney with an excellent finish. And there was only one team trying to win the game at that point, but. We don't feel sorry for ourselves. We just we just we're getting punished at the moment. Was that a concern? Obviously, defensively, last season was a problem. That tonight, Bristol Rovers did have three or four sort of guilt-edged chances, even if it wasn't near the end when, when Charlton felt like they were on top. Yeah, I think we. I thought we started the first half well. We, I thought we had some good chances. Um, you know, they've had one moment really in that first half where we've we've not got tight early enough around the halfway line. They've wriggled out of trouble and, and they've had that one chance. And you know, I think we've when we conceded the goal, the, the first goal, I think we've got a little bit. Ragged, you know. We, we immediately we, we were going to bring Daniel Carney on anyway, but we, we immediately got a bit ragged. We went four four two. They had an extra man in midfield, and there was gaps appearing, and we were chasing it a little bit. And I think that's when one of the ones off the line was was cleared from Nessie, and you know, quickly we, as I say, we got that goal back, and we, we really put our foot to the gas, and should have come out with with at least a point. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, we have to be that better defensively. Of course, we do. We have to be better in both boxes at the moment. We, there's a lot of really good signs. There's a lot of really good stuff. But we're, just, we're being punished. And um, I say the last thing we'll do is feel sorry for ourselves. We're going to need our supporters behind us again at home to Port Vale at the weekend. I thought they were excellent again tonight. Even when they scored the first goal, they're still continually singing. They, got, they can see what they can see. the boys are giving everything. Yes, there's a little bit of concentration and a bit of naivety that I've just touched on, but the boys are giving everything. You can see that. And I think for the most part, we had a really good shape defensively. Um, but we didn't get what we deserved again. What do you think needs to be the catalyst for those chances to start going in at the other end? Because I mean, Alfie couldn't have come much closer to Matt. No. Corey heavily involved again. Yeah, I thought there were some real big moments around their box, and we just we just not capitalising on them key key moments. Are we? I mean, Alfie's had some chances first half. Corey the same, and obviously, as I said, once we got the goal back, Alfie's gone through. He's hit the post to go and take the game away from him, and then he's got through the, the wrong side of the defender and been brought down. Another another one on one denied, taken away from us. Um, I get a yellow card for for saying it's a disgrace of a decision. I'm not sure that's worthy of a yellow, but it is where it is at the minute, and it that's the, the referees are on them types of things at the moment. So, um, like I said there, Louis, we we come away from it. We're looking at the defeats we've had recently, and you think we deserve more, there's no doubt. But you have to face up to reality and, and look at where we're falling a bit short at the moment. And keep trying to improve. We've you know we've got Taylor Adam was done. He's cramped. He needed to come off. Lloyd Jones the same. Panucci Kamara was, was battling on through. Obviously, Corey historically has struggled to go Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday through injuries, but he's had a good pre-season. I'm delighted that he managed to get through um, through the whole 
uh, period of the game. So, again, lots of positives in there, but no one wants to hear that, do they, when you've lost a home game? So, um, that's for us to digest and make sure we keep everybody bubbling, make sure we keep the positivity about the place and we're... Well, we're not far away from that from that next three points. Fault down was probably the liveliest we've seen from him tonight. Obviously, got his his goal with a, with a fantastic finish. I mean, could he be the answer to the the partner for for Alfie May at this time? Obviously, he's still very young. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly the one in the building at the moment. We're obviously looking to strengthen in certain areas, and you know what type of profile we need to bring in. As I've said, there we need to score the perfect goals. Lots of balls going in their box that we're not quite getting on the end of, and um, yeah, we, we we keep working on that. It's only been a couple of weeks since Ashley had one of the best games we've seen from him, but I think he'll, he'll probably feel a little bit he could have done better with that second goal. Yeah, he's honest enough to, to know that. I say I think he's made a, a brilliant save first half. Uh, sorry for the first goal, but yeah, mate, I think we look back at the second one and you know we're not defending well enough in front of him to start with. But obviously he's the last line, and I think he'll probably look at that and think he could have done a bit better. But is what it is, as I say. Thinking about a new kitchen or bathroom? Find professional, independent, local installers with free home surveys, itemised quotes and protected payments, trading standards approved contracts and workmanship warranties. The British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom, Bathroom Installations accredits installers to ensure they are police checked, fully insured and experienced. Take the risk out of home improvement. Visit bikbbi.org.uk Hello fellow addicts, I'm so excited to tell you all about our micropub, The River Owl House. The River Owl House is based in East Greenwich. It has six Pub of the Year awards, an ever-changing selection of amazing beer. It's owned by Chomp fans, walkable to the ground in just 20 minutes with buses that go direct to the Valley too. If your matchday routine includes a drink with your friends, you must join your fellow addicts in the river. See you soon. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live, the big match preview there. We just heard from the Addicts boss before the advert break, looking back at the defeat uh, against uh, Bristol Rovers. Uh, Brazilian says uh, doesn't agree with Dean. It was a, a snatch and grab. Uh, we barely edged possession. We had 25 chances to their 21. Uh, George sort of saying similar, uh, saying they came for a draw, was disrespectful. Uh, they should have put the game to bed uh, in the 10 minutes after their goal. Yeah, and I think the Bristol Rovers fans I've spoken to didn't quite agree with the sentiment. Even if, like, at, so at full time, it felt like we were the team pushing, which is why it felt so gutting at the end when obviously they got the winner. But I mean, they did have one cleared off the line about 10 minutes before Alfie May hit the post. And it's easy to forget that in, in the passion of the moment. And uh, yeah, Bristol Rovers fans certainly didn't agree with, uh, with what Dan, uh, sorry, with what Dean had to say uh, after the game. Dan, uh, had to say uh, some good questions here. All hell let loose as well. I've been asking about, obviously, Egbo leaving 
um, and about freeing up wages. And it's a good point, actually. And it is one I asked uh, Dean Holden about specifically uh, during the interview on um, on Tuesday. So I'll just play that now just because I don't know if it clears up the question, but let's hear what Dean had to say on it anyway. Rejoining Ben Garner over at Colchester, obviously it was going to have to be outs before ins. Does that mean you're now in a, a better position to try and strengthen? Well, I think, well, obviously continue with speaking to Andy and, and, and looking at finding out what that looks like I think for Manny you know he wanted to play first team football he had an opportunity and you know for us it frees up a little bit of space he had to do some work I guess it'll be for the likes of Andy Scott and stuff they've seen the last couple of games and they know exactly where, where Charlton need to improve and ideally sooner rather than later yeah of course there's, of course there's only a couple of weeks now with a window to go we're desperately trying to bring the right players to the club and um, I think everybody that's been at the game tonight certainly at the game the weekend would would see where we're falling short a little bit, but also see lots of positives in there. So, yeah, we've, we've got a bit of work to do, but you know, we, we get on with it and we look for it. Mm. So, Dean, obviously, still talking about getting transfer business done. It probably doesn't quite answer the question, Tom, about where we are with FFP and, and exactly how that works. So, I was, I was reading this website that someone put up uh, earlier on this week about, you know, if the owners want to, they can put money into the club and effectively increase the way the revenue works. That's sort of the way I was reading what this said. So uh, not necessarily, you know, waiting for people to go out before people coming in, I think would be a decision rather than us strictly, strictly playing to the rule book. I feel like there would be room for manoeuvre if we wanted to, but certainly the word from Dean over the last couple of weeks has been, you know, we're more likely to be moving people on before others come in. And we heard there an answer to my question, does that give you more manoeuvrability now? Um, he he sort of said yeah he sort of said yes effectively. Yeah, and and ultimately there's a difference between just balancing FFP and simply chucking money at the problem. So you might just want to run a club fairly even evenly if you can, and not really take FFP in, or you do like a Todd Bowley and you go well I'm going to chuck billions at it and just make sure that whatever I do fits FFP. So. I'm not saying we're obviously at that level of wealth, but I'm saying there, there are ways to play with it and it's not just one or the other. I think, uh, and I just saw somebody put it in the comments there about the fact that I think the owners were there. I definitely saw Charlie Methen there uh, after saying he wasn't going to be front and centre and now he's turning up at pubs and, and turning up at games and doing doing whatever. So really hiding behind the scenes. But, you know, he's there and if he's reporting back to whoever's got the money, then you know, they're able to see what the problems are. And and you would think that if they're purely looking at the numbers and they're purely looking at a return on their investment, which they're not going to get whilst we're in League One, then they know that they need to take a bit of a, a short-term hit for, for their sake, hopefully a longer-term gain. And, and obviously for us as fans, it's a longer-term gain as well. So, yeah, it, it's not easy. You know, I, I don't know the figures in terms of what they've got, but you know, if they're buying a club like Charlton, then they're not billionaires because then they'd be looking at a, a club that's perhaps a, a little bit higher up the divisions. But um, there are gaps in this side. We've said that since day one. I don't think the gaps are as big once the injuries come back as as maybe some. But at the same time, I completely concede that you can't be making stupid mistakes like we did at the weekend. And I do definitely think the squad is, is short. Um so, yeah, we need to bring players in. It's as simple as that. We've got, what, two weeks today, I think, till the window closes. We need, as we've said pretty consistently, at least three or four bodies through the door. Uh, and they need to be bodies that ultimately are going to improve the squad. You know, there's no point signing the three of us because we're not going to make much of a difference. So 
how many of those players are out there, what can they do, who can fill the right gaps and who fits with this system and who can we get with the money. There's all of that that has to be factored in and, and ultimately we need to get that right if we're going to have a chance, I think. Mm. We'd definitely stay within FFP if they signed us free. I, I, can't, I think our wages would be paltry. Um, Lewis, uh, obviously people have been mentioning in the chat all evening. Uh, we've been linked with uh, Fankerty Darbo, again, the former Coventry fullback, um, shot to fame in the playoff final, uh, of course, with an un- unfortunate penalty miss that, that meant Luton it was that, that went up. Um, probably one of the worst kept secrets is that he failed a medical with us earlier on in the summer. Exactly what that meant, we don't know. It, it, it's not like they got there and said, oh, he's only got one leg. It, it was obviously a, a minor, it was some sort of issue with it. If we are looking at him now, again, they've either decided he's worth the risk or he's taken a lower offer, however these things work. I mean, he's played a lot of championship football on paper. I can't say I know a great deal about him, but, I mean, we need bodies in that area, especially now that we've lost, lost Manny. Um, is, is he one you're excited to see coming in, if, if, if he were to come in? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's important that we replace that area. Um, I know we may think that we have bigger priorities up front, but you lose Manny, then you do need to replace because at the moment we've just got Nathan Asimwe playing there who, you know, as, I, as I've said already about the young players, it's a lot of pressure. So, yeah, I, I don't know a huge amount about about Darbo. Obviously, I saw the playoff final and, and saw him miss the penalty, but there's fairly, not mixed reviews from Coventry, but I think they've said that he's, he's sort of better going forward than he is at defending. Um, and so, may suit this five at the back system playing wing backs. Um but yeah, we'll have to see. Look, if he comes in, I'll be happy because it's it is an incoming, and I think we need one. Um, I think we need to have depth so that some of these younger players can can come in and out. You know, um, I saw in the chat earlier talking about Karoy Anderson. He, he'd have played if he plays Saturday three games in a week. You know, he's only he's only young. That's a lot. And we've got to be able to have that. Um, you know, that that squad size so we're able to rotate. So. Look, if we if we get the deal done, it'd be great to see him come in and hopefully it works out for him and that championship experience plays in our favour and, and he can hit the ground running. But yeah, let's let's see what happens with that one. Excellent stuff. Right, uh, Paul Vale coming to the Valley uh, on Saturday. As is tradition, we've got a Paul Vale fan uh, to join us uh, on the stream this evening. Good evening to Gadger. How you doing, mate? Evening, lads. You all right? Yeah, not too bad at all. Thanks so much for joining us uh, at short notice in particular as well. Um Paul Vale, so your second your second season uh, back in League One now um, wasn't yeah. off to a flying start uh, with the seven 0 defeat at Barnsley, but I mean it's it's been a, a good recovery since then. What have you made of the uh, the start of the campaign? Um, well, uh, I think I said to you obviously on on Twitter, you know, on the message, um, I've been to went to Barnsley, went to Blackpool Tuesday, just about recovering uh, at the minute from that. Um, so. Barnsley, you know what, after 20 minutes, half an hour, anybody who's watching it, any Vale fans who went, you know, there was 1,600 of us, you, you go, you know what, doing all right here. Um, and then we just collapsed like a, a cheap tent, second half. Um, it's a bit embarrassing, to be honest. Um, but then, like you said, you know, we, we then play Fleetwood, win 3-2. You know, uh, could have gone either way, to be fair. Um but then Blackpool did really well. Reading were absolutely well for me. Second half was our best performance I've seen for three or four years. To be fair, mm, that's excellent. I mean, um, when when you came to the Valley at the very end of last season, I think you, yeah. you, you, your survival was secured that day, even though even though we beat you. I mean, in, in terms of it, 
Yeah, in, in terms of expectation, what what is the expectation this year? Because I think you were probably happy with staying up last year. I think you know what? Yes, we we yeah we we were happy with staying up, but I think when you looked at it from um, just before New Year's Day, we went to Sheffield Wednesday, and we were eighth, um, and only something like two points behind the playoffs. So I mean, obviously exceeding expectations, yes. But at the same time, we looked a decent side. Um, and then from that, we won one away game until the end of the season. Um, so, you know, obviously, it's well documented in regards to what happened with Clark, etc. Um, and you wouldn't wish it on anybody, to be fair. But, um, no, I think we, we did what we needed to do last season um, in regards to staying up. And, you know, coming to your place, you know, it was a really good day, um, really good atmosphere as well. Obviously, we bought, I think, near enough a thousand, I think, um, you know, for the last game of the season when there's nothing on it, it was decent. Um, but you guys absolutely battered us. Um, <laughs> so, going from that, then into this season, obviously, you know, you will have seen that we've let quite a few players go when we needed to as well. Um, but... We haven't signed any strikers, and that's that's a bit of a worrying thing. Yeah, we'll probably be in the same market then, because we could do with a, with another one at least. Um, well, and Andy Cros, what have you made of Andy Crosby as, as manager then? So as you said, he took uh, over from Daryl Clark right at the end of last season. Well, to be fair, you know, I mean, even when we got promoted, the season we got promoted, you know, obviously, like I say, he was documented, and he was kind of running the team anyway. So, you know, the lads all. The lads all knew him, etc. Um, you know, I speak to the different people throughout the club, um, and they all rate him quite highly. Obviously, he did a decent job uh, with Northern Ireland under twenty ones, and people speak highly of him as a coach. Um, obviously, a manager's you know a bit of a different thing, but um, I think I think the jury is is obviously still out, but. When he got appointed, everybody's saying, you know, it's a cheap option. And yes, it is. Um, but we haven't got the money like some clubs. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of, well, let's, he knows the players, he knows the club, he knows how, how everything works. And straight away after, you know, first game, 7 0 loss, and everybody's going, oh, God, you know, what the hell. Um, but give the guy a chance. That's that's why I think give the guy a chance. Excellent, and and then just finally, who, who are the danger men we should be looking out for on on Saturday? Dan's asked who, who you're going to be having up front as well. So who who are like the what? the most potent <laughs> players you've got? Question because we haven't really got anybody. Um, <laughs> question we we kind of played at Blackpool. Um, we kind of played sort of a a five four one if you like, but we didn't have a recognised striker uh, striker to start. Lad from uh, Swansea, Josh Thomas. Um, he's lively. He's decent. He come on after about twenty minutes, uh, seventy minutes, um, and he, he's a threat. Um, ball behind. You know, I don't know what you're back four, five, or but he's a threat. He's definitely a threat. I think we're more of a threat from from midfield with the runners. To be fair, um, I would like to sign uh, the guy you had, Alfie May. Um, I think he's he would have been he would have done us good, but obviously you know you got him. Um, 
I think more so the, the runners from midfield have got good energy. Um, and that's that's where I'll be looking at to get in behind you from runners. Excellent stuff. Well, Gadja, thanks so much for joining us on the, on Charlton Live this evening and uh, may the best team win on Saturday. No problem. Yeah, you two look after yourself. See you later. Cheers. See you later. There we go. That's Gadja, the Port Vale uh, fan, joining us on uh, on Charlton Live. He was uh, he was excellent there. Gave us the uh, lowdown on uh, Andy Crosby's side. Um, obviously, we'll uh, ignore everything he said, uh, Tom, and just say, you know, we should be beating teams like Port Vale, shouldn't we, on Saturday? So, we said it on Tuesday. We didn't. I mean, this is a big game for us, actually, because we... You can't go three games without without a win at this start of the season. Yep, and yeah, we should be we should be winning this, and we should have we should have gone into well, we did go into Tuesday night expecting a win, and, and I think probably should have there as well in terms of what our aspirations are. Um, I think losing Tuesday was yeah hugely frustrating, um, but I don't think. Look, Saturday's not going to be season-defining, but if you win two and lose two, I think that's okay, given one of those is Peterborough. If you win one and you lose three, it's a massive, massive difference. Um, and so, and as you say, it would be three in a row as well. So, yeah, it's hugely important. And uh, again, look, they've shown that they can be carved open, as Barnsley showed on the opening day. Um, I think they've only scored one goal in those three, so it's not going to be much fun, is it, if if they can't score and we can't score. But I'd take a scrappy 1-0 right now just to stabilise everything. Uh, you know, I'm not panicking. Um, and I think most fans, from what I've seen, once you get over Tuesday night, you know, from Wednesday morning onwards, most people are seeing the positives in in terms of the performance and in terms of what we're capable of. But how long do we keep saying that whilst we're not getting the results? We can't get to game 45 where we've lost 44 of them and go, yeah, but they're a positive sign. So we need to turn that around at some point and, and it needs to start sooner rather than later if we're not going to start to fall behind the, the likes of Bolton who are very much the front runners at this stage in the season. So it's not panic stations. If we do only get a draw, it's not the end of the world. If it's a loss, I'm more concerned. But ultimately, we have to look at this game as a, as a winnable game, same as we did on Tuesday. And hopefully this time it will be the case and, and Alfie May's shot will creep two inches further to the left and go in the top corner instead of hitting the post and happy days. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm confident going into it still and I, I still think we'll be fine. But uh, it's a big old game, isn't it, as a result of Tuesday? Yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned Bolton started really well, as, as as we expected. The two teams that were predicted to start well or to do well this season, Bolton and Derby have had an absolute shocker. Lost all three uh, of their home games in all competitions so far this season. Only one at, only one at Burton. So that's uh, interesting that they've not started too well uh, either. Let's hear Dean Holden look ahead to the Port Vale game. Uh, he caught up with Terry in today's press day. And the, and the, and the group, how is it? Uh, how are they ahead of uh, Saturday? Any uh, any positive news we can we can share, or any uh, negative news <laughs> come to that that we can share ahead of Saturday? I'm not sitting on the fence, but I will do because the answer is I'm not sure. We've got, as I've just touched on, certain players um, who we don't need to name because I know opposition managers watch these press conferences because I watch theirs. Um, so I don't need to name any players, but there's players. That have you know that have for three games in a week can, can be tough for some of them. So some knocks and bruises. Where are we now? We're not too f further on from Tuesday night's game, are we? Really, in terms of recovery. So again, we'll see what we've got tomorrow, Terry. In terms of the group, um, in terms of lads coming back in, we'll see. Again, nothing, no secrets being given away there. 
Yeah, but one and one or two are getting closer now, which which is a good thing, and we'll, we'll add to the competition. Um, Port Vale to come on uh, to the Valley on Saturday, after their worst possible start that they could have uh, they could have probably imagined. Uh, they've more than steadied the ship. Three games unbeaten now since since that first game defeat. Uh, so they come to the Valley with uh, with some confidence, rather than uh, the team that might have come had they just had that seven 0 defeat. So you're going to be expecting a tough one, of course. Yeah, of course. I mean, you only got to look at the stats from that game. I think Barnsley had eight attempts on goal and scored seven. Um, a lot of the other stats around that game, Port Vale were better than them, so it's, it was, I think it was a freak result. I've watched the game back, as I've watched the one since then. And um, yeah, they're a team that have, that have played consistently with a back five. Um, sometimes with two strikers and a ten, sometimes with two tens and, and, and one single striker. So, um, of course, we, we know exactly where their strengths are. They're a team who who quite, play quite expansive with the ball in terms of the back three split really wide. So you've got to make sure you get the right pressure on at the right times. Having said that, the ball will come forward and you've got to defend second balls in that midfield area. Uh, long throw as well and, and the big on set pieces. So, huge threat um, coming to the Valley. But it's a game where I expect a response from our players. I know the fans will be right behind us at kickoff, And it's a game where I expect the players to go out and continue really where we've been recently, which is going out taking the game to the opposition. And... Um, you know, hopefully we can we can take the chances when they come and, and the game looks completely different. You mentioned the fans there, they'll have been knocked obviously by a recent couple of results, but um, not the performances, uh, as you also mentioned. The Valley atmosphere, first game was, was outstanding, the travelling support of Peterborough, and then again on Tuesday night, they, you know, they were uh, full, of, uh, full of voice. You'll want them there again on Saturday. Yeah, again, it goes without saying, Terry. They know, um, they can relate to this team and to the way that we work because I think they can see See what they see on the pitch. A lot of frustration around results. No one's more frustrated than me. You know, it's not, it's been a difficult week, hasn't it? Let's be honest in terms of in terms of results. But there's a much bigger picture to this. You know, it's a new group that are coming together. Um, I said there, players getting up to speed. You know, this we've got to continue to grow. The, the standards that we set around the training ground will continually be pushed. It's important that we stay consistent in how we work, but we keep pushing them standards and and keep pushing the ambition of this football club. My job is to make sure we extract everything from. Every group, every player, every member of staff, and um, and you give your best of every day and go and look after the guy next to you and the guy this side of you as well, and that's what we've got here and that's what I'm really proud of and the fans are part of that and they know that, and um, let's hope we can get them the three points that they deserve on Saturday and then it's been a decent start. There we go. That's Dino looking ahead to Saturday's home game uh, with Port Vale at the Valley. I, I always like I, I like the respect that you get from managers for other teams and other managers. It's always a big point, you know, when you when you're facing someone who's not necessarily had a great season. Yeah, Port Vale started all right, but you ne- you never you, you always say oh, they should be higher than they are and stuff like that. I think Dean took it to the next level by suggesting they were slightly unlucky in their seven nil defeat. Um, but there we go. That's Dean holding a good head to the game. Loads of stuff for us to talk about in terms of our team. Obviously, we've we've covered Vale with uh, with Gadget Air, which was really good. But um, defensively, obviously, I mean, the, the big talking, one of the talking points for me this week, which I think has slightly gone under the radar, is this tweet from uh, Michael Hector. Uh, so uh, Robert on Twitter was saying, "Gimme, gimme, gimme!" A man from Jamaica. His name is Michael Hector, and he plays for the Reds. Suggesting that should be a song. And uh, Big Hector. Uh, responded got to play first with a laughy emoji now oh are we in borderline or oh, you shouldn't be doing that at this stage of the season michael implying that you think you should be playing ahead of the manager or am i am i reading too much into that lewis what are we saying it's difficult isn't it you don't know if he's having a bit of a laugh saying like you know it's a decent song but he's got a, he's got to have a game first because maybe his fitness isn't up or 
or whether he's having a dig. I don't know. It's it's a difficult one to read. It's it's bizarre to do it so early into a season, that's for sure. But I don't know. You'd, you'd like to think that that Heck's quite a you know a good professional. He's been in the game a long time, gained a lot of experience at different levels. So I'd, he probably meant nothing by it, to be honest. But who knows? I mean, he, he makes a bit of a claim. Should he be playing? I mean, I I like him as a player. I think he's a he's a strong leader in the in the back. But it's um you know he was probably a little bit at fault for a goal on on Tuesday night as well. So. Um, I I wouldn't read too much into it at this stage. I don't think he probably just is having a bit of a joke. Mm, yeah, that's what um, everyone in the comments is saying. To be fair, Freeman, uh, Josh, and Brazilians all saying he, uh, Brazilians saying he's probably just having a laugh. Seems like a bit of a joker to me. I mean, I, I don't think he's quite the certain pick that some fans seem to think he is. You know, I mean, if we're looking at just this season, obviously he started in the Newport game where we weren't good enough defensively. The Aberdeen friendly, I mean, he admitted himself he had a bit of a stinker in. Uh, there, there were times last season where he was very much one of the defenders that was part of making mistakes. You know, the, the 6-0, he, he, he made two or three mistakes that led either directly to goals or to good chances for Ipswich Town, for example. But also, you know, there were times last season where it felt like he came in and steadied the ship. So is he the answer? I mean, quite a few people have put in the chat they'd like to see him come in and start. I mean, it, do, we, do we need to make that, that change at the back, Tom? And if so... Who would you see coming out? I guess that also feeds into would it be a three or a four at the back? Yeah, I think um, I think I'm pretty ironically I'm pretty consistent in saying this, but I, I like a consistent back line, whether that's a back five or a back four, and the personnel, unless people are in a complete slump or if um, if there's injuries, and I think. Nobody's covered themselves in glory. I think Jones has probably been the best of the central defenders, maybe, but maybe isn't at a place, as I think Lewis said earlier, where he can play 90 minutes every week and given he's played a lot of football in the last two, three weeks, might need a break. I think Ness is a, a, a prospect and I think Terrell Thomas has glimpses and, and can do that left side okay. So, you know, I don't think I'd have no problem at this stage in the season of swapping any of them out despite what I said about the consistency, purely because I don't think anybody's covered themselves in glory. In terms of the back four or five, I think it's difficult because if Tuesday we had a back five, I would have said we stick with it. But now that he's mixed it up, I don't know. We haven't really had enough time with either for me to make a decision. And maybe it just depends on the opposition. I think um, the one thing that I, I, I'm more kind of certain on is is the need for two up front. And Although what we've said about blood in youngsters too much, I thought the difference that Carnu made when he came on, came on, sorry, in terms of his height, in terms of his movement, in terms of his kind of natural ability to play up front, it really helped us. And it's a big call to play him because we've seen him. I think I have a feeling he started. I don't know if it was a league game, but I have a feeling we saw him for quite certainly for an extended period of a game last season, and he didn't really pull up any trees. But I don't know. Majors needs that support. Um, I know we were having a debate on WhatsApp earlier about whether we were a long ball team or not, but we certainly were hitting balls direct up to Alfie May and nothing was sticking. And we probably played two or three up to Kanu and he won headers every time. So that end of the pitch, I'd like to see those two play. And then I guess the decision between the back four and the five is for me, how much can we get the likes of Corey Blackett-Taylor and, and Tayo Eden if, he, if he's fit again into the game? Because going forward, they're dangerous. Um but difficult one at the back. As I said, I'd have no problem with Hector coming in. I think probably, if that is the case, it would be for maybe for Thomas because he. But 
I don't know, you could probably pick names out of a hat, to be honest, because as we've all said, the, the problem is pretty much everything at the back at the moment. Mm. Uh, yeah, you reminded me there actually that Pete uh, Essen tweeted me earlier saying, uh, could it be possible to discuss our long ball tactic, uh, which clearly isn't working. If it didn't work for Stockley, which didn't uh, which didn't surprise me, it wouldn't work for May. And it did start a bit of a debate because, I mean, if I was if, if there was one dimension I had to say we were one dimensional in, I'd say it was giving the ball to Corey and hoping he'd done stuff. But obviously, I mean, we did mix it up a little bit and try the long ball a few times and not going to work for Alfie May. But statistically, Joe was looking at some numbers in our WhatsApp group earlier, and statistically, we want, we've got one of the most accurate long ball uh, passing consistency, whatever it is, so far this season. So actually, the, the bits we've tried haven't been too bad, but obviously we can't do that too consistently to, to Alfie because it won't work until someone like Lee Byrne is back. I mean, uh, Shiny Phil saying May is not a target man. Uh, the long balls are a waste of time if he's up on his own. But I guess if, if every time we got the ball, we just went straight to Corey, then we'd become too predictable. And I, I assume that's why we're trying to find the difference. Just finally, Lewis, because we are very much on the brink and I, I did want this to be a chat. Um, does does um, Ashley keep his place um, on, on Saturday? He made, he made a mistake, but he's also made some good saves already this season. I think so. Yeah, I, th- I think he made you know, a decent save for the free kick. Bit of an error being beaten at his near post, but he's made some fantastic stops sort of one-on-one as well over the last couple of games. So I don't think Tuesday is enough to take him out. But I mean, I would like to see Eisted play too. But I think for now, Ash, Ash should retain his place. He hasn't done a huge amount wrong. Yeah, same same for me. Although obviously this will bite me in the backside when he when he throws one in on, on, on Saturday because that's the way these things work. Right, we've come to the end of, uh, of this week's show. Thanks for everyone who's joined us live uh, on the YouTube uh, comments section or listen back via the podcast, uh, sent in your messages and all that. We really do appreciate everyone who uh, comes along for the ride with the show. Massive thanks to Gadger. Uh, our resident Port Vale fan who joined us uh, earlier on in the evening. Thanks to Lewis and Tom. Go off and uh, have a beer and a, and a relax now. Cheers, Jen. See you Saturday. Always an absolute pleasure. I'm Louis Mendez. This has been Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. Don't forget, we'll be back on Sunday morning uh, to look back at the game with Port Vale. Uh, we will make sure we're finished in time for the World Cup final, which, of course, we're looking forward to as well. We shall see you on Sunday. Bye.